So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the first riot of the Luddites. Then on Tuesday, we unearthed the mad coincidence of the day two different Dennis the Menaces made their comic strip debuts. On Wednesday, the day the Spanish conquered the last Maya kingdom. Thursday was the day Colonel Sanders sued KFC. And on Friday, we recall how Vincent van Gogh's sister-in-law made his name. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the unreliable second driver of F1 podcasts. You just can't count on us. You can count on us. You can count on us to screw up on the first quarter of the first lap. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. We are to podcasting what Charles Leclerc is to pole positions. We always deliver, but never when we need to. We always start with good intentions and get thoroughly bored by the end. Yeah, I'm not even sure that's true now. It's been eight years. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that's much better when the airwaves suit our podcasting style. The best jokes are the ones that don't make much sense and then need explaining. My faves. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, a dull F1 podcast only enlivened by Kevin Magnussen. Fuck up. I'm going to do that again. A dull F1 podcast <laughs> only enlivened by a Kevin Magnussen. Fuck up. Oh, that way Kevin Magnussen has to read the intro twice because he got it wrong the first time. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm Ollie Peart, and tonight we're going big on stereotypes. Yes, we're all wearing our sombreros and playing mariachi music in the background as we look back at the Mexican Grand Prix before starting a drug-fueled turf war with the Colombians. I was going to do a very racist Mexican chant, I'm not going to do it. We'll be talking about Ferrari Ferrariing it up again, Verstappen cruising to victory again, and Sergio Perez taking disappointing second drivers to a whole new level. Again, all that plus tacos, tantrums, and maybe some horrible cartel murders. Yariba! Oh, come on, come on. That's all to come. I find this podcast quite offensive. (laughs) Joining me is a man who has been embracing the off grid lifestyle. It's Phil Tromans. Hello, as regular listeners know, I've been on uh, holiday. And for anyone watching the YouTube video that we may or may not have put up, you can. Get an idea where I went through my natty hat. Um, I went on holiday. I had a lovely time. And I thought I was with my extended family. And I thought I'll take some pictures of the kids doing cool stunts in the pool, like doing jumps and underwater things. Oh, God. And so I got my iPhone. And I typed on my iPhone, how waterproof is the iPhone 11 Pro? And it said, it's pretty waterproof. It says you can do 30 minutes underwater at a depth of up to five minutes. I was like, that's easily what I need for this. Yeah. I'm just going to go under the water, do some pictures of kids going way under the water and doing jumps into the pool and stuff. So I did that. And I got some really nice videos. And then my phone died entirely, completely bricked, wouldn't turn on, leaving me without a phone for several days. Ooh. And I've read quite a lot of these articles by these people who go, oh, it's so, it's so refreshing when you don't have to lean on your phone all the time. You're free from the shackles of social media and mm. you just feel like you're living life again. And that is utter bollocks. I couldn't do anything at all i couldn't tell where i was going i couldn't translate anything in the supermarket i couldn't use the map i couldn't get my bloody boarding pass to come home again so that was fun 
Um, so are you still there? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I managed to get a printout of my boarding pass on paper uh, and got back. And then today I went into town and got an, a, a new what, phone. What would you have translated in the supermarket? Don't you just well, for example, I went into the supermarket because I was in Madeira where they speak Portuguese. Yeah. Uh, and I needed to get some uh, milk. And my young daughter, you're only supposed to give like young kids like full fat milk for some reason or whatever. And I didn't know what full fat milk was in Portuguese. So I picked the one that I thought was full fat and I brought it back and it turned out to be skimmed. Uh, so Don't yeah, they have see. numbers? Numbers? On the bottle. What would the numbers show? Percentage of fat. I don't know. Is what that about a the colour? What colour was the one that you bought? Because we can share this information. I couldn't tell because it was in a, it was in a cardboard packet so you can't see the milk itself. So they had no, no, the milk's no white, colour but what co- No, the milk's white. But it's like here, like semi-skimmed is green. Yeah, but I could is blue. Well, the one I bought, the one I bought was pink. So what is that? What's that then? Well, that would be skimmed. Well, skimmed, well they know that now, yes. Well, yeah, now now I know it's skimmed. Blue is full They didn't fat. have blue. They didn't have blue. What colours did they have? I can't remember. Green, maybe? Red? Semi-skimmed, I would have said green were. I don't remember now. I would have taken a picture of it, but I didn't have my phone because I drowned in the pool. <laughs> so if you're listening, Apple, with your whoever does your waterproof racing, you're talking racing or rating, you're talking absolute shit. It wasn't waterproof for more than three minutes underwater and then it died. And I lost what? all my holiday pictures apart from about five. <gasps> oh, actually, that's And I had to spend a thousand quid on a new phone. So, you oh. know, not ideal. You but I did have a lovely holiday. Thanks for asking. I'd recommend Madeira. It's a lovely place. No, I didn't care about that. But you're very, uh, you're very angry, which is... I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had a bad time. And beside him is a man who is on holiday. It's Terry Saunders. I'm in Miami. <gasps> oh, you there for the race? Because I've got bad news. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't made it there yet. I think it's happening this weekend. Is that right? Did you hear? Um, I heard there was a race going on in a place where they all speak Spanish and it's quite warm. Yeah, so the problem with the race this week was that the race was on whilst I was on the plane. Ooh. And mm. I had to debate with myself, do I pay 25 euros for plane internet? That's what <gasps> you'd have to pay for Now TV. Wait, sorry, is yeah, it 25 so euros, though, for, like, the whole flight? 25 euros for the whole flight, or, like, 15 for, like, two hours, or 10 to check messages or something. I mean, it almost sounds reasonable to me. It or, yeah, it almost it almost <laughs> sounds reasonable, but it's too expensive to quite sound reasonable. Yeah, I mean, I had to spend a hundred euros to reserve my seat so we could sit together. I ended up being sat behind two people who reclined their chairs aggressively. Absolute Ooh. fuckers! Still, so at least it's a short flight. I used my six foot two frame to really push their chairs back. Too upright <laughs> for a ten-hour flight. It was, it got, it nearly got nasty because at one point, after a meal was served and they put their chair back, I just very loudly said, "Oh for fuck's sake!" <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> oh god, that is outright aggression. If you're not British, that is extremely aggressive and can land you in prison if you do it on British yeah. shores. And then yeah. the woman turned around and gave me an eye contact, and I gave her an eye contact, and then, then I. <laughs> Okay. Then this, you apologised. This, oh, no, this, this is going to make you sound awful, isn't it? Come on. Yeah. She she put her chair back all the way after that, like as far back as it would go. Oh, God. So I took my shoes off <laughs> and put my feet around her chest. <laughs> I thought you were going to say took my shoes off and rubbed them in her face. It was a window seat, so I kind of just put both my feet like between the window, between like, the fuselage and the chair. Yeah, yeah. What did she say? She swapped. Uh, seats with her much bigger hug. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was quite good for the rest of the flight. <laughs> but how is oh. Miami? Does it feel like there's been a race there? Do you feel like you've sort of been to a race? It's nice. It's very hot. There's lots of lizards. I've seen a turtle. Okay. All right. That is cool. Good. I mean, that's what there? they say in the brochure. It's what Will Smith raps about. I mean, you see some lizards at eh? a turtle. And he said, they're going, what rhymes with turtle? Myrtle. Myrtle. Sure. Fertile. Good. Well, I hope you have a lovely time. Um, <laughs> Ollie. I was just waiting to see where that rap would go. Sorry. Just Ollie, it. well, it's the Will Smith story. Yes. Ollie, where are you? What have you been doing? What's going Take on? Take Ollie's name out of your goddamn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm still in my shed. 
in the rain. Uh, you two both been on holiday. Uh, one, you are on holiday, Terry. So I'm just um, wallowing in my own crapulence. Uh, just yeah, just generally. I've got nothing. That sounds another to Will Smith song. <laughs> wallowing in my own crapulence. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that one. It's autobiography, I think. Yeah, ninety-six. He released that one. Yeah, I. Uh, no, I've got nothing to report. I've literally just been um, loitering about in the terrible weather that we've had. And oh no, my dishwasher's leaked again. There you go. You're both oh, got angry stories. Nightmare. Yeah, but it's a brand new one. Nightmare. So the old one oh, leaked. That, okay. Got rid. Bought a brand new one. That's leaked now. And it turns out that the it might not wasn't be the, the dishwasher. dishwasher wasn't the dishwasher yeah Yeah, exactly it was just the Mm. hose which i could have changed for 12 quid instead of 480 quid so (laughs) you could have gone to friday practice at las vegas for that is a dishwasher 480 quid these days oh well it is wi-fi connected it is wi-fi connected which yeah (laughs) wait a second yeah are you talking to us now via your dishwasher (laughs) because the picture quality suggests that you are no, it's uh, it it is the most pointless um, uh, smart device to have in your home because you have to load a dishwasher. So then, what I can do on mine, which is, this is so pointless, is I can load it, put the tablet in, load it up, close the door, then I can go and sit on my sofa, turn it on, and choose the program when I could just press the button. What's the point? Like literally, what is the point? So, so why did you buy it? Because I needed well, no, a new fucking dishwasher. And actually right, it turned right, right, out to be right, one right. of the cheap, cheapest ones. It just happened to be Wi-Fi connected. I didn't choose it because it was Wi-Fi connected. It's just, you know. Does it have a little camera so you can watch the dishes get clean? Now, I would have paid a grand for that. Yeah, yeah. I'd pay for that. Yeah, I would pay for that. Does it clean itself? It's a dishwasher. Of course it cleans itself. <laughs> it's the only thing it does. <laughs> and the dishes. Well, yes. And the dishes. I can't imagine dishes. it does the dishes and then just leaves all the dirt cake to the rest of the inside. Oh, good. Great. Well, it's all going well, well then. Listener's Corner. It's a long old rundown to Listener's Corner, but we'll get there eventually. Let's just hope no one does anything stupid and potentially makes themselves unemployable. Hey, Sergio. Yes, as it's the Mexican Grand Prix weekend, let's talk about the hometown zero. Sergio Perez, ever more desperate to impress his soon-to-be former employers, had an admittedly great start from way back on the grid and tried an ambitious overtake around the outside of Charles Leclerc at Turn 1, but he fucked it right up and crashed himself out of the race again. Phil Pitt Matthews says, Checko yourself before you reco yourself. Dougie Harper asks... <laughs> the episode good. is good. Uh, the episode is going to be called Checo Checks Out. Yes. Uh, Nick Peppel says Checo's on board looked a bit like Terry's on board from his Morrison's trolley quali lap a few years back. Jason Birkenshaw <clears throat> says Checo proving again what a generous charitable man he is. He's doing everything he can to secure Danny Rick a Red Bull seat and Lewis second in the championship. What a guy. Oh, plenty to talk about there. Firstly, is the episode going to be called Checo Checks Out? Well, have a look. Probably not, unless it references a song. Yeah, come on, Doug. If you, has Doug never worked out that every episode title is a song? Because I can't work out what Checo Checks Out is. That's not a song. No. Unless you write that song and get it out before we name the title. But you're not going to get this message until you hear this, so it's not going to work. Uh, the Terry's Onboard Morrison's Trolley Lap is a very niche reference for long-term listeners who also follow Terry on another platform. Yeah, well, I that want to know good, about though. this. Where, I that. Can I watch it? Somewhere? Is it? Somewhere? Only found. This was... Well, this is an indirect reference to uh, another guest host, uh, Drew Stern, formerly of Carfection, where Terry had a few F1-related videos a few years back. And they were very good, but they possibly didn't go down to the right audience, I would say. Well, I did actually, for, for research reasons, I was looking at these videos a few weeks ago and discovered that Carfection had very kindly deleted all the negative comments. <laughs> And that must have taken a while because people were horrible and unjustly so because it was very good. But they did leave in a lot of the comments that were referring to the negative comments, so it's confusing. It's like, I don't know why everyone's hating on this, and you're like, well, no, no one is because <laughs> they've deleted all that. But the Morrison's trolley onboard thing with the graphics was tremendous. That was fun. Anyway, we're getting it. Check it out uh, on Carfection, which isn't there anymore. Um, we will put a link in the show notes. That's what people say on podcasts. Will we? Ollie, put a link in the show notes. (laughs) (laughs) 
there will be a link in the show notes if I found it. If there isn't a link, I haven't found it. Sergio Perez. Let's let's. T- I mean, I feel like a stuck record. I feel like every time he plums a new low in his desperate attempts to improve and hang on to his seat, he then finds a better plumber to plumb mm. even lower depths. I mean. He was fine in qualifying, and he's actually looking relatively reasonable all weekend. He wasn't too far behind. And where was he? Was he fourth on the grid, fifth on the grid, something like that? No, he's behind Danny Rick. Obviously, he was behind, you know, the guy who's famously shit in the famously much shitter car. But he had a good start, and by the first corner, he was what we thought was going to do was like an audacious around the outside sweeping to maybe even take the lead of the race. But he seemed to forget that, firstly, that Leclerc was there. And secondly, even if he had remembered that Leclerc was there, he seemed to not realise that Leclerc couldn't go anywhere when he turned in way earlier than he needed to because he still had a lot of track on his left. And took himself out of the race in front of his home fans on the first corner. It was weird because it was a good start. It was a great start. And it did feel like it wasn't his fault the first time you look at it. And then you kind of remember, yeah, there is a corner coming and you've got to... You've got to slow down. I mean, I think it was 100% a racing incident, and it was called as such. But also, within that being 100% a racing incident, 90% of it was his fault. He had loads of track to his left, like you said, and you saw it on the onboard. He, he, yeah, easy. Loads. Of, he could have easily yeah. given him way more room. He might not have got the lead had he done it, but surely you know. I mean, he literally just drove past Leclerc and mm. saw where he was. He knew he was there. And he probably should have realised that Verstappen was probably nearby as well, so maybe he couldn't go. It was like there, there was there was a similar track last uh, crash last race or the race before, wasn't there? Mm. Um, well, in fact, with um, with Hamilton, in fact, um, uh, wherever it was, yes, when Hamilton bashed into Russell, so it was stupid. It was an all or nothing move, and unfortunately, got nothing. And did anyone else have that thing when you see a Red Bull spinning round? And then you find out it's Perez. We're <laughs> disappointed. I know what you mean. Oh, we'll get letters. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wish I was surprised. But I wasn't. And I don't know where he goes from here. Because I have heard the argument that actually, apart from that one massive fuck-up, he actually did all right this weekend. But I mean... He did still make a massive fuck up when it counted. Yeah. yeah. And you know who didn't make a massive fuck up? Max Verstappen. The man who now. Well, him, yes. I mean, that goes without saying. But also the man who lots of people are saying may well take his seat quite soon. But we'll talk about that in a bit. Meanwhile, Charles Leclerc once again failed to win from pole or even take second as Lewis Hamilton continued Mercedes's sort of revival by scoring another podium and closing the gap to Perez for second in the championship. And he also launched a new non-boozy tequila. Will Bowen asks, who else was totally confident that Hamilton had secured second place as soon as we heard the Ferrari strategy team tell Leclerc that the medium tyres would fall away in five laps. We're still waiting. I mean, it it was inevitable that Leclerc would not win because <laughs> he never does. He never does. Is that 11? Is that, no, ten? it's 10 or 11 races now where he's had pole position and Max Verstappen has won. <laughs> That's um, mental, isn't it? So, I mean, we knew what was going to happen. He might have got set. He was a bit unlucky. A bit unlucky with timing of the red flag and pit stops and all that kind of jazz. But, I mean, it just seemed inevitable, really. It didn't surprise me in the slightest. To the point where I didn't even feel really bad for him because we all knew it wasn't going to happen. Because it never happens. For me, the moment I knew it was over is when Ferrari said, we're going to go with plan A. (laughs) But they didn't, did they? They didn't have, like... um, Didn't they ditch the plan A, plan B stuff? And they actually sort of said... No, they stuck to plan A, which actually, for them, is quite unusual. Oh, I thought I only heard stuff where they were talking about they actually said what they were going to do rather than just going... Yeah, later on in the race, they just started saying, and we're going to just pit for these tyres at this lap. And you're like, well, why don't you just say that? Is it plan C or plan B? I'm going to go into the pits and you guys put some new tyres on, right? Uh, which tyres we go with? I don't know, maybe the hards or the mediums. Okay, let's do that. No, yeah. plan Delta 4 strike 3. No, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't even feel bad for him now. Like, he's the pole man. He's the egg man. No, he is... He's the tax man. 
Yes. Yeah, it's not his fault. The the Ferrari is basically quicker on Saturdays than it is on Sundays, and the Red Bull is basically quicker on Sundays than it is on Saturdays. So he doesn't really have a chance. At the same time, I think the disappointing thing about this year is that it seems so effortless for Max Verstappen to win. So it's not even a race, yeah. is it? It's just like going, it wasn't even, oh, yeah. Like, oh, well, they, they, they've given, oh, they've given Charles Leclerc a head start. Well, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, they got two two cars in front of me. Oh, that's interesting. I reckon I might be able to take the win by the first corner. Yeah. It's weird. Oh, I've done it. it okay, bye. It's weird, isn't it? Like sitting down and watching the races now, because I I do fall into that mindset where it is just like, oh, well, Verstappen's going to win, so okay, right, who's going to get second? That is literally what I'm yeah. thinking. And I, 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 well, I actually think I actually think it's better that way because you're sort of like, well, yeah, obviously he's going to win. Let's focus on what's going on behind. Yeah. I don't care True. what's going on. It's, it's like it's a given. So the inter- we can focus on the interesting stuff. And we've said before, if it wasn't for Verstappen, this would be a really interesting championship year um, because it's so close and, and, you know, teams are going up and down and all over the place and Aston Martin were great and now they're shit and McLaren were shit and now they're great and who's going to end up on top? And, oh, it's really interesting, apart from Verstappen. So just forget about Verstappen. And Perez. Well, no, Perez is interesting as well because he, he at the moment he's still second. And there's, what, three races left, two races left, some races left. This is true. Who's going to get second place? Who's going to get second, which, as far as I'm concerned, is the win. Ooh. That's true, isn't it? So that means that yeah. Perez has had a really shit year. And yet, if Verstappen wasn't there, he would be almost world champion. That doesn't really? make sense, does it? But he'd be losing it towards the end. be like Braun, you know, running away with it at the start. Because Perez yeah. has just got steadily shitter and shitter and shitter to the point where he's now crashing out on the lap first corner of his home race which is why um, this podcast is the official Perez podcast because we always start off well and then we just get more and more bored as the year goes yeah uh, especially <laughs> when there's a billion races come January I'll probably redesign the website again and I'll talk about new t-shirts and we'll say we'll do other things new features mm-hmm. you know we'll do video content and it gets to September October and we just can't be fucked <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah in other news, there is apparently a new young hotshot who we should know so that we can refer to him knowingly before he becomes a megastar. So get ready to casually drop the name of Andrea Kimi Antonelli the next time you want to look clever. The 17-year-old Italian, known as Kimi, has just been promoted to a prima racing seat in Formula 2 and is a Mercedes junior driver. He's been cleaning up in karting and various small single-seater series and various people much cleverer than us are talking about him in the same way they talked about Verstappen and Lando Norris and Lance Stroll. But don't let that put you off. Should we talk about him solely so that you can take clips from this and drop it into future episodes so that we can show we've always been on the ball? Yeah, I think we should. I mean, I really think he's. I really think this uh, this Kimi Antonelli guy is one to watch out for. He's a future world champion, and I'm saying it now uh, at the end of 2023. It's about early November, late October. Uh, Whereas I'm going to say that Andrea Kimi Antonelli will never be world champion. In fact, he'll never even win a race. He'll get into Formula One and be disappointing, and he'll end up driving for Alfa Tauri and then uh, disappearing. Take it from me right now. He is not even going to make it to Formula One. He's going to be a massive disappointment in Formula Two. Um, he's and I going. Don't think we're ever going to hear hear from him again. He's going to murder someone, and it's going to be all over the papers. I predict that he is going to absolutely sweep the board in Formula 2. You know, I think he's going to break some records, and I think the F1 teams are going to be snapping him up. And when Lewis Hamilton retires, I think we'll see Kimi Antonelli taking his place. I think Kimi Antonelli is going to be Max Verstappen's, the only teammate to ever beat Max Verstappen. I think he could be the next Lance Stroll. I think he could be the next Pierluigi Martini. <laughs> Good. I think that covers all the eventualities, doesn't it? I mean, it, it does seem weird that I, I, I did a very, admittedly, very small amount of research into this. And I can't quite figure out why everyone's so big on him. I mean, he's been fine. He's doing all right. And he's got some good results. But it seems to be that he's hyped because he's hyped. Not necessarily because he's got a ra- great racing record. But Mercedes are all in on him. They've like given him all the sponsorship. He's wearing their clobber everywhere. So they clearly think he's the new hot shit. Um, so we should keep an eye on him, but uh, as of yet, I'm not sure why. But we'll it's see. such it's such a strange connection, isn't it? What you just said there, because him being sponsored by Mercedes and wearing Mercedes stuff makes him cool. Whereas anyone who's bought all the Mercedes T-shirts and wears them deeply uncool. You have to be. This is it. You have to be able to back it up. 
I only wear my Aston Villa shirt because, you know, I could play for Aston Villa if it wasn't for my slightly gammy elbow. Anybody could play for Aston Villa. Fifth in the Premiership, I'll have you know. Are they? Yeah, doing really well this season. Oh. Sorry, uh, we're doing really well this season. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for f one sake or find us on Facebook where we're for f one sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com where you can also leave us a team review. Just email a voice note to wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we're right, then why not buy us a beer? Just like these really fucking brilliant people, particularly the very generous James Kerrigan, who says several rounds to cover some of your stellar work this season. This plank has flown is but one highlight. And to these monthly supporters, Neil Fraser, Chris Lee, Andrew You're Cunningham, Andrew Cunningham, Bryce Davis, David Findlay, Jason hey, R. Bradley, hey, be like hey. them and yeah. keep us drunk Woo-hoo. enough to be funny yes. and not too shit. Head to ff1s.com forward slash pipe, pipe, pipe. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'll be there for team. I've forgotten the rest of the words, but there you go. You can have that one. Rest in peace, Matthew Perry. A fitting tribute. Red Bull. Max Verstappen did what we all knew he'd do and sailed off into the distance while Sergio Perez was handed a lightweight Velcro ball with a matching set of gloves and still managed to drop it by crashing at the first corner. Surely. Surely this is it for Perez's career at Red Bull, isn't it? I mean, it must be. How many chances does he get? I know he has a contract, but we all know what that's worth. Yeah, for Red Bull, nothing. I mean, surely now he's just keeping that seat warm for (laughs) For them to make the decision. Yeah. If Ricardo didn't have those few races out with a hand injury, I think it would be... And hadn't been shit for two years. And hadn't been shit for two years. And hadn't left Red Bull in the first place, to be fair. (laughs) There's another storyline here where... You know, Ricardo probably wouldn't have beaten Max Verstappen, but he might have done a Rosberg and beaten Verstappen this year, maybe, you know. And instead, he's just spending five years to get back to where he left it afloat. So, it's beautiful. I mean, everybody's talking about Ricardo, and we'll get to him in a bit, but I, if, if anyone, if we're, if we're talking about former Red Bull drivers who should be going back, surely it's Alex Albon, who has been absolutely nailing it at Williams. Not as spectacularly so, admittedly. You know, he's never been fourth. In qualif- no, actually he has, hasn't he? He's been up there in qualifying a couple of times. He's been yeah, really good. good, yeah. He's been doing a great job. Surely, if anyone deserves another chance, then it's him, although I don't know if he's still part of the Red Bull family in, uh, Red Bull family in any way. But, um, Not after what I his don't mum know. did. But, 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 <laughs> but in terms of Perez, I mean, he just seems so broken. It, it seems worse than... You remember every year Bottas would just get battered and battered and battered and then he'd come back the following year and he'd be like, no, this is the year, and then he'd do all right for a race and then he'd just get battered and battered again. Surely but this we, is just going to keep happening. But we spoke about this a few weeks ago because even when Bottas was getting battered, he was finishing second or third. <laughs> Whereas Perez just seems to be ended up in ninth or something. and Or crashing yeah, at the first corner. Or crashing at the first corner. Because it's not the first time that he's crashed out like a Muppet, is it? I can't remember when he did it, but it wasn't that long ago. Um, yeah, as we've said many times, he is driving a car where the bare minimum should be second at every race. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're listening, Doctor Marco, and I know you sometimes do, get rid of him. Unless, of course, you and Christian Horner are still fighting and you don't have any sway anymore. In which case, Christian, I know you're not listening, but Jerry, you'll probably are. So if you can bend Christian's ear, oh. get him to fire Perez, <laughs> that'd be great. And Jerry, go power. She your favourite Spice Girl? 
No, we've had this conversation before. I was always a Have Posh we? Spice fan. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's weird. Yeah. Ollie, we had that conversation with you. Favourite Spice Girl back in the 90s? Back in the 90s? Yeah, not now. Uh, Probably Baby Spice. Fellow blonde. Oh, I'm a, I'm yeah. a blonde, so I would have just stayed with, stayed blonde, but, you know... Actually, no, there was ginger spice as well, half ginger. Blonde, I didn't have a beard yeah, then. sure. I was going to say, stro- strawberry blonde. Yeah. Do you think this podcast is getting a bit male-dominated? I'm pretty sure <laughs> that we first talked about our favourite Spice Girls with Chica. <laughs> so actually, nothing's changed. <laughs> also, we basically used to be incredibly misogynistic about Pascal Verline, so I'm not sure that anything has really? really changed. Yeah, you were all over him like a filthy lech. You were like the one man. It's not misogynistic to say you fancy somebody. I mean, you were quite objectifying about him, if I remember correctly. What did you say? Yeah, because I think he's thick as picture. He was just thick, but beautiful. <laughs> like a one-man loaded magazine. <laughs> I spunk all over. <laughs> yeah, say spunk louder. <laughs> oh, what does... We heard you say a word, what does that mean? No, it's fine. It, well, in, in America, it means something different, so it's probably fine. Yeah, you can... If somebody's got spunk in America, they're just like... They've got pluck. Yeah. They got Moxie. Oh, and Fanny means something different as well. So you can say that to your heart's content. Yeah. Mercedes Lewis Hamilton continued his slow squeeze of George Russell, having been notably better than his teammate for several races now. Second for Hamilton and no points for Perez means it's much tighter in the race for second in the championship now. Who's your money on? Oh, it depends how much Perez fucks it up. <laughs> it depends how much money it is. I, think... I thought you were going to say, but uh, well, that too. Yes. Well, it is tricky, isn't it? Because Hamilton got disqualified slightly unfairly last week and Perez got what, for breaking points. the rules. <laughs> yeah, outrageous. Oh, come on, Phil. You're not, you're not that easily swayed, <laughs> are you? Um, Phil is miming stirring a pot right now, thinking that I care. <laughs> <laughs> As I sat down to watch this race, I was like, Hamilton got disqualified last week. I I'd forgotten. Couldn't give a shit. Um, <laughs> but then Hamilton finishes second this week and Perez screws it up. So it's kind of back to where it was a few weeks ago. It's 20, 20 points, I think it is. So, because didn't Perez get fuck all points last week as well? Can't remember. No, he got loads of points last week because of Hamilton and Leclerc getting disqualified. So he was like fifth and he ended up third or something. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, if I was a betting man, and I'm not... You're not. I would go Hamilton. I'm going to say it right now. Hamilton's going to get second. Perez yep. will fuck it up. Red Bull won't get the 1-2 they've always wanted. Mm. Perez will continue to be the only disappointing member of staff in the whole of Red Bull racing. And that one guy who fucks up the pit stops. Barry. Fucking Barry. <laughs> Who's this guy? The Perez of pit stops. I just made him up to make it seem to try and sow some discord in the Red Bull pit crew in case they listen. Yeah. They're all on the bus. <laughs> they're all on the bus now on the way to the next race. Yeah. And they're going, did you, did you just hear F14S? No, not the one with David Coulthard and Eddie Jordan. No, not no, the other not one. The other one, one with the two name. guys that don't do it anymore. <laughs> they got the award winning one. They put them for an award. No, that, that, that one. Yeah, he's still going. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, what, they've just said that one of us is not very good at pit stops. Who do you reckon that is? Ah, it's Barry, isn't it? Yeah, I and bet the, there is a Barry. And then next week, they'll screw up a pit stop because they're all a bit nervous about it because they all mm. think they're Barry. And they're, yeah, just say that well, seed also, of doubt. Really, a bit because McLaren are faster than that now as well. Yeah. Now McLaren have got are the they? They're like, fuck. Are they? It's Barry's fault. Fucking Barry. There's an interesting bit in the commentary where Mark, I think it was Martin Brundle said that he watched Red Bull practicing pit stops. And they did like a sub 1.5 second pit stop. What? And then he went, but that obviously wasn't, but that obviously wasn't during the race where, you know, there's all the pressure. And it made me think, I wonder how much pressure adds to the time of a pit stop. Well, I think it's more that they come flying in. I think when they do a pit stop in practice, having seen them do a few when I've been to races, admittedly a long time ago, they kind of roll the car in with just a random mechanic behind the wheel and then they do it and that's their practice. They oh. don't have it coming flying down the pit lane at 80 kilometres an hour or whatever it is. Fair. Um, and, you know, at, at race heat and all this kind of stuff. But, um, yeah. Anyway, that's Red Bull. Yeah, fuck you, Barry. 
Ferrari. Ferrari set themselves up for a fall by unexpectedly taking a 1-2 in qualifying, but nobody really expected them to hang on to it. And so it proved. Although, unlucky timing with the red flag probably did Leclerc out of second. Sainz was fine, although it was only a few races ago that we were saying he had the measure of Leclerc. Are we still saying that, guys? Are we? Are we still saying that? It's been a bit of a Leclerc renaissance in the last few races, it seems. Which is funny when we're still saying that Leclerc is shit. Mm. <laughs> no, I think what it is is that Sainz needs a good setup. He needs he needs to be very comfortable in the car that he'll be really, really good. Well, but often that doesn't happen because he drives a Ferrari. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, Leclerc has been back on form, I think, in the last few races, because he definitely had a bit of a dip. Um, maybe because he realised he was driving for Ferrari. Um, <laughs> I want to be world champion, but I'm driving for Ferrari. <laughs> and it must be very difficult to reconcile those things. Um, but maybe he's come to terms with it now, and he's just been like, well, you know, it's all right. I'll take the pole positions where I can get them, then I'll give them to Max. And uh, I'll do the best I can. You know, with the inevitable fuck-ups in strategy. We shall see. I mean, Ferrari say they fix all their problems for next year. I don't believe them for a second, but let's see. (laughs) Let's have the benefit of the doubt and presume that next year they will turn one pole position into one win. (laughs) Again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think anybody thinks that's going to happen. I don't think even Ferrari think that's going to happen. That stat, that number you said before, he's, he's... What got eleven poles and lost? What uh, and, and not got wins from any of them? From any yeah. of them? And I think Verstappen has won most, if not all of them. I'd have to double check it, but it, I'm pretty sure that's, yeah, that's fairly mad. accurate. That is mad. That must really hurt. He must just be so. It's, he's in danger of being that guy, of that being his label. Yeah. You know, in the same way that Sterling was, Sterling Moss was the best driver to never win a championship, and Chris Amon was the best driver never to win a race, and. Uh, Charles Leclerc is going to be the best guy to take lots of poles and never win from them or something something more catchy yeah poor guy I'll work on it <laughs> Alpha Tauri remember when we were all for Liam Lawson well he can fuck right off back to New Zealand now because Danny Rick is back baby Aussie 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 oi 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 yeah we're firmly back in the honey badger hype train after one single good performance because this is definitely the return of the ricardo we all distantly remember from years back when he was good and he definitely won't be shit again in the next race fourth in qualifying and seventh in the race is damn fine work meanwhile yuki sonoda got angry on the radio and crashed just for a change i did not see this coming mm. i would say this this brings me back to the glory days of Daniel Ricciardo when driving for McLaren he unexpectedly won the Italian Grand Prix and then was awful again <laughs> I think it's one of those. well this is this is the danger isn't it he's just suddenly found this little tiny little sweet spot in which he operates where he can actually make it work and everything's come together and he's been really good and the real test will be is he still going to be good next week or this coming week as we record this um I'd love it if he was, because he was really... I mean, you know, credit where it's due. He was really good in this race. That car should not be up there. And I don't quite know how he did it. I was listening to um, something. can't remember what it was. Apologies for not crediting. Um, where they were saying that this was the first race where Alpha Tauri had sort of tweaked the car to try and suit Ricardo's driving style better. Because obviously when he first came into the team, whenever it was, he had like two races... And the car had been through two other drivers, uh, or however many drivers AlphaTauri have had this year. And it was basically set up mostly for Tsunoda, because he was the the constant. Um, And then he bust his hand, and then he came back at Austin, and they only basically had one short practice session before they were in part Fermi because of the sprint race. Mm -hmm. So again, they just set it up for Tsunoda. Mm -hmm. Whereas this time, they had a full session to essentially set the car up as Ricardo wants it. And it seems that like several other drivers we've talked about, for example, Button and possibly Science, as you were saying, if he has the car that is set up how he really likes it to suit his style, which is something you could never quite get right at McLaren, he's really good. But he's only good if it's in that particular setup. 
Like it has to perfectly suit his characteristics, and he cannot be flexible in the yeah, way that yeah, a Verstappen or a yeah. Hamilton can. You're a ner- you're a nerd on this. Uh, can break it down for me a little bit. Like, as in what? Okay, I appreciate. Like in my car, I get in, I tilt the seat back a little bit, and I might lower it or whatever, and that's it. But how much difference is it really from one F1 driver to another? Like, what are they tweaking? So it's it's essentially the characteristics of the car and the way you can set it up the balance. So some cars will inherently for example be super pointy by which they'll have loads of front grip so as soon as you turn the wheel the front wheels will grip and they'll go exactly where you want it and the back wheels will have less grip and be slightly be slightly loose and that's the way max verstappen likes it he loves to drive the car like that with the back hanging out all over the place other drivers and most road cars for example will be set up to deliver understeer whereas if you fuck up and come into a corner too quickly the front wheels will give up grip before the rear wheels because it's safer to crash forwards than backwards um, so you'll have a naturally understeery car, which most, which most road cars will be. So some drivers prefer that. And between those two extremes, there are all sorts of little variables of how you like the car. And, and it depends on how you prefer to take a corner. Now, again, I'm sort of veering slightly into a, uh, the, the minutiae of racing cornering technique that I've never experienced because I'm not good enough. But... <laughs> There are different ways of taking a corner. It's not just pointed at the apex, go and squirt out. Like you can do it gradually. You can jam it in and get on the gas early, which um, uh, which some drivers prefer to do. You can. There's, there's various ways of doing it. Essentially, the various tiny little marginal gains across F1 can be replicated in tiny little marginal gains of cornering. Some drivers are very good at basically taking whatever they're given and making the best out of it. They're like, well, this car goes fastest when you drive it like this. Other drivers can only make the car go fast when it's set up exactly the way they want to drive it. Uh, and Ricardo seems to be one of those guys. That was not a very good explanation. but I loved it. Essentially, it's tiny little... It's pushing things in all areas, as F1 does, to the absolute extremes of of working into the tiny little bits and bobs. Um, and Ricardo has found it very hard for the last few years to find exactly what it is he wants and get it. For the first time that I've ever hosted this podcast, I feel like I've really learned something. That was that was exceptional. I mean, that, that was a very, very vague sorry. and woolly explanation. So, yeah, uh, you know, if it makes you feel better, it wasn't a great explanation. But that's that's in broad, slightly drunken strokes. That's how it works. Because I've had two big whiskies. But how? But but if we say that AlfaTauri have tried to adapt the car to suit Ricardo, and they've done it in one race, it just makes me wonder if at McLaren they could have done that, and they just chose not to. Like some well, guy called Barry was like, "No, no, fuck him, fuck him. He's got Barry. to learn. He's got to learn." Maybe Barry's a consultant across several different teams. Um, you're again fighting between the setup of the car, which is what you're possible. Where you take the car that you have, and you can make changes to it through the through practice, through, well, not even practice, just through, you know, what you can change from downforce to tyres to angles of wheels to whatever it is. You can make certain changes to point it towards the area that you want it to be in versus the inherent characteristics of the car. Like, there'll be a window of all the different areas on that car where you can work, where you can change stuff. But each car will have different windows across the different things. So there's only so much you can do. And if the most you can do on a particular car still isn't what you want, then you're kind of fucked. And it might be that that's what happened at McLaren. That no matter how much he tweaked it towards what he wanted, it just the car won't give you that. Nah, it was Barry. That's my uneducated guess as to what happened. Or it was fucking Barry. <laughs> it was just Barry. McLaren! Can we get a Barry t-shirt? Let's do a Barry t-shirt. <laughs> Terry's face. McLaren! Lando Norris was getting all the plaudits for charging through from 17th to finish 5th, although we should remember that he was uh, only down in 17th because he fucked up in qualifying. Still, a good race is a good race, and imagine what he could have done if he'd remembered how to drive on Saturday. Meanwhile, Oscar Piastri has followed up his sprint race win in wherever it was by not being as good anymore, dropping a place in the race to finish 8th. How do we see the McLaren pairing these days? Still good, Mm. but... Norris is very good and more experienced, although he still keeps making silly little mistakes like he did on Saturday. Piastri is very good, but I suspect that this race was just one where he doesn't have the experience to know the intricacies of how to manage the tyres, and he done messed it up a bit and therefore couldn't go as fast. Yeah, they're still doing pretty well. They had a 
they've had a weird season of incredible lows, quite good highs, incredible highs, and this is kind of in the middle somewhere. Still quite good. They're like an anti. They're like an anti Aston. Yeah, <laughs> like them and Aston Martin are going contrary motion. Maybe there's never the twain shall be on the same level. <laughs> They'll always pass each other. As one is up, the other shall be down. And yay, it was ever so. Yin and yang. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of which, Aston Martin. What the effing f has happened to Aston Martin? From podiums galore at the start of the season to this absolute shambles. We haven't seen a fall from grace this big since the double world champion blackmailed his team and nobody wanted to work with him. Anyway, the car's a bag of shit and not even Alonso could keep it on the track. Damaging it further with bits of Perez's Red Bull didn't help either and Lance Stroll made matters worse by tangling with Bottas. Both cars retired, no points, what's going on? They've got something fairly fundamental wrong and they don't know what and they haven't been able to figure it out. That's my guess. It's like Mercedes were a while back, where it's like, we don't, we don't, we don't know. We don't know why it's not working, and until we find out why it's not working, we can't fix it, and we've tried some stuff, and it hasn't worked, and we don't know. I'm sorry, we don't know, leave me alone. I think I said something similar last week, but I think it's basically they, they copied Red Bull, and they don't know how it works, or why it works. Oh, they've done this before, haven't they? Well, they this is the ping Mercedes. This is what they did with the Mercedes, yeah. yeah. They copied Apologies the first. You I- said that last week. I haven't heard it. Well, they copied the first idea and they go, "Oh, this is quick." And then Adrian Newey just this year just kind of goes, "And now we unleash can B iteration B, which does this." To so might go, "Oh, well, we tried that. It doesn't work." Like, I know because um, secret. Yeah, I'm Adrian fucking Newey, bitch. <laughs> Williams. After Logan Sargent scored a point, everyone yelled about how great it was to have a point scoring American for the first time in however long. Like he was the second coming of Mario Andretti. Well, this weekend he was shit in qualifying, last on the grid, drove unremarkably and was retired to save the car. So, what do we say about him now? Alex Albon, meanwhile, got a point despite messing up qualifying thanks to track limits. Any news on when Liam Lawson's coming in? That's gone a bit quiet, actually. I haven't heard anything about Liam Lawson. I still still want him to see... I still want to see him in Sergeant's seat next year. Um, But no, I mean, Sergeant spawned himself a point through disqualifications... He's still rubbish. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be Alban, there. He's, he's not going to be there next year, is he? Maybe Williams, be in the Red Bull seat. Williams are doing all right, and he's yeah, they're not last, are they? Exactly, and they're not last with one driver being terrible. So I think how much not last they'd be if they were both not terrible. They're the anti Red Bull. <laughs> is this season just two halves? They're just <laughs> a contrary <laughs> season. It's like a mirror image season. <laughs> There's some Jedi quote there, if I could remember it. Always two there will be. Why has it gone quiet? pumpkins last night. Oh, (laughs) fuck, this is way more interesting. Yes, come on. Tell us. That was it, really. Except they had really vicious tools for kids that was like a little kind of... Do you remember when your nan would... Machine gun. You know when your nan would, like, (laughs) cut chicken with one of those knives that went... Oh, yes. Yes. It's like a battery off raid one of those. What happened oh. to those and why haven't I got one? I'm an adult now. 100%. That was My granddad the whole had one. Adult. I should, ha- I should have one of those. Yeah, why don't I have one of those? Well, we never cook roast because my wife doesn't like them. But I'm going on I Amazon straight one. after this. I'm going on Amazon. I'm going to buy one. They must exist. Terry, you're muted. Terry, you're still muted. I think he wants to I'm be muted, muted, Phil, because I'm typing on Amazon on my keyboard <laughs> that will be picked up by <laughs> the mic to see how much an electric carving knife is. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you a minute. I th- well, I think- stay tuned for our new segment, How Much Are Electric Tools That Your Nan Used To Use? <laughs> no, not those ones. Oh, God. Although it does still cut through some moist like $25. Oh. $25. What's that in pounds these days? Probably about £25. That's um, not bad. That's not too bad, is it? Because think what else you I feel you like I'd use. get one. Yeah, well, I, f- I feel like I'd get it, and then I'd be woefully irresponsible, and I'd see what else I could cut with it. Do you know what will piss you off Bread. with it as well? Storing it. Where are you going to store it? They're quite big, right? Is it quite big? They're slimmer they than they used I to bet be. they're smaller now, yeah. yeah. yeah well, the yeah. one I remember, I, maybe it was the same one you remember? It was Part of it was orange. So it was orange and cream. Yeah, that's exactly the exactly one that my nan had. Exactly the one. Yeah, it was yes. orange and white. Yeah. And then it had the big long blade. And it looked like the sort of the main body of like a food mixer. Except yes. Except they'd not put the thing in it. They just put a knife out the end. It was huge. Did yeah. we have the same nan? I don't know. Maybe we did. I don't know. Possibly. Anyway, that was Williams. <laughs> Williams. <laughs> we got on to the, some important stuff at the end there. Alpine. 
the team that's slowly tearing itself apart continues to not actually do too badly on the track, with Esteban Ocon sneaking a point and Pierre Gasly coming in just behind him. It would have been better for Gasly were it not for the red flag timing. While the car isn't great, the drivers could at least be worse. Reckon we'll see any improvement for Alpine anytime soon? Mm, no. I can't see it. Although I haven't heard any major calamities from them in a couple of weeks now, which is progress. Um, but they've been doing this for so long, like just being massively dysfunctional from the very top down. Like the the down bit are the ones that are getting on with it. It's the top that's fucking it all up. So, and Gasly and Ocon are doing fine. I think you know they are. We keep talking about who's got the best driver pairing. I think these guys are like the most average driver pairing, and I mean that in a relatively positive Consistent. way. Like they're both fine. Put put it into some kind of like uh, context for my simple brain. Like if you put them in uh, in a in the best car on the grid, how would they fare? I think they would both be one two, and one would be doing not as well as Verstappen, and the other would be doing better than Perez. Oh, okay. I think they'd be more consistent, but it wouldn't be as dominant. Yeah, yeah. But I still think they'd probably be winning. All oh, right. Okay. So they would really are guess. good. Oh, well, it's good to know. Yeah, I mean they're decent. I think. I think the vast majority of people. Now I'm going to only back myself into the corner here. Yes, do it. Because as we've just talked about earlier, with the vagaries of driver skill and driver, <clears throat> you know, driver style preferences and how adaptable they are, I think a lot of people, if you put them in a car that was faster than Mercedes, with the caveat that it suited their driving style, would be very fast, because they are all very good drivers. But there's so many things that need to come together for you to be in the right team at the right time to get a car that is quick and also suits your style and for you to be as adaptable enough to fit that style or for it to be perfectly suited to you like lots of ducks need to be aligned for that to happen but in my brain of the red bull being accessible i think most of the drivers on the grid would be really quick in it apart from logan Sargent, as we've seen with perez that's not actually the case except for perez This, I mean, we're coming back to it again. Like, we know Perez is all right. He's not brilliant, but he's all right. He's but this been is a in good F1 question. For a long time. Would you say that Ocon or Gasly are much better than Perez? Because um, when you feel like that, they don't doesn't feel that, does it? But we know Perez is not shit. much in it. Maybe Perez isn't shit. Well, this is Perez is shit in this car. But then you know we've seen Gasly be shit in that car. We've seen o- uh, Albon be shit in that car. The only person we've seen who've been reasonably good in that car that isn't Verstappen was Ricardo. Yeah. And, you know, he wasn't as good as Verstappen because I do think Verstappen is brilliant. And I do think that even if the Red Bull didn't suit Verstappen's driving style, which obviously it will because he's been the prime force in developing it for the past however many years. But even if it didn't, I still think he'd be better than most people. But I also think that if you parachuted Hamilton into that car for probably a couple of years and had him get used to it maybe not in a couple of years, like a few races, have him get used to it. I think he could adapt himself well enough to give Verstappen a bit of trouble. Although I do think, as it is at the moment, Verstappen would still beat him because that car is built exactly how he wants it. Because they're not listening to Perez's input when they dev- de- you know, when they develop the car, let's be honest. They're listening to Verstappen. Oh. <sighs> Oh, I've started a song and I don't know how it goes. Heart. There's a snake show with that, Phil. Uh, (laughs) It wasn't what I was going for. It was supposed to be Ave Maria, but I couldn't remember how it went. For a while, Haas looked good. At one point, Nico Hülkenberg looked for a top 10 finish. But then, admittedly, later than usual, the inevitable slide towards the back began. And then Kevin Magnussen's car broke and spat him into a wall. And that was the end of that. Anything of note from the weekend? I wanted to note how at utterly fucked Magnuson's car looked after that crash. Yeah. And then when you saw the replay, it wasn't a small crash, but it wasn't anywhere near as big as I imagined it would have been when I saw the car. And it was on it did fire! Kind of, yeah, it did give... That was just the brakes, I think, but yeah. It did give kind of 70s Lotus vibes where they're like, we just made the car... just We'll make the car really light. Just don't crash it. <laughs> it did, when they cut to the shot because they didn't show it live they they cut to the shot of him already in the wall and it looked like every single piece on that car had just sort of collapsed inwards um, and then they showed the crash and I was like okay that's quite big but it caused an awful lot of damage 
Um, so I'm glad he was all right, although he looked like he uh, was a bit sore afterwards. Maybe it's something snapped but, um, on him, right? It looked like the the was it one of the rear wheels actually like snapped? Left 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 rear, yeah, I think it looked like, yeah, it looked like the suspension on the left rear gave way. Presumably, either clobbered a curb too much, or it was just really badly made. It's just not something um, you want, is it? Like thinking that your car's going to fail. <laughs> Some point as you're going around, just fucking no, wheel snap. Just ask Edna Senna. Oh, yeah, oh, too soon. Well, you too can't. Soon. She's dead. Hmm. Oh, you think. what's your point? Break that one. That was like a TED talk. Ted Kravitz talk. <laughs> Alfa Romeo. Were they there? They were there, right? Did anyone see them? Were they there? I mean, I saw them. I yeah. don't remember them. I remember one of them got overtaken by somebody. Mm. And Bottas crashed into one of them. Yeah. And apart from that, didn't see him. Okay. But yeah. that's what they're there for. They are there. They they're literally. Uh, they're there to sort of lessen the Alfa Romeo name, I think. They're it's like doing, anti-advertising. They're doing for Alfa Romeo what Williams did for Williams all those years. <laughs> all of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Right, we've got a technical issue going on here, which is I wrote the standings and I can't find them. <laughs> and now, the man of the match of driving... Landon Daniel Morris. Ricardo, Sir, Sir Lord Lewis Hamilton. Oh, 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 okay. And now it's time for the state of F1 with Terry Saunders. So I have some moments in life where whenever my brain decides to remind me of them, I shrivel up into a ball and weep on the sidewalk because I'm American now. For instance, the time I told that girl after the school disco who lived on my street that I was really randy, or when I once fired on a company-wide <laughs> business call and Zoom highlighted me as the speaker. <laughs> but for all my problems, I've never spun my car out on the first lap of my home Grand Prix in a season where everyone thinks I'm a bit shit already. So, Sergio Perez, this state of F1 is about you, the state of Perez. He's had a bit of an odd career. He started off and then that year he drove for McLaren that even as I say it, I feel a percentage of people listening to Googling because they think that it's my usual bullshit. Oh wait. Thanks, yeah. He did drive for McLaren. We all forgot. Then a perennial underdog podium scorer. You just wait for a weird race and Perez saving his tyres to have a series of often quite impressive if not underwhelming results. Then he saved Force India and everyone's job by suing them or something. And finally, after his first race win, he was fired by Daddy Stroll for not being his son enough when he took over the team and made it Aston Martin. And that was supposed to be it for Perez's career until Red Bull Racing came calling after firing Max Verstappen's third babysitter, I mean teammate, in a row. And Christian Horner basically said, all you've got to do is be not shit and we'll do the rest. Fast forward to now and on the opening lap of the Mexico Grand Prix, he ends up off the track and everyone just shrugged away. It's crap, isn't he? <clears throat> but don't worry, I have a solution. There's nowhere he can go now, is there? He's not quite proved himself good enough to be second in a good team. And yet he's a bit too shit to lead a crap team. A revitalised Danny Rick wants his old job back and Perez doesn't really have much he can do. He'll be looking over his shoulder or straight ahead when he inevitably spins and has no chance of catching Max. What's the man to do? Well, the only option I see for him is a dramatic flounce. Be remembered for how he retired from Formula 1 with his, what's the opposite of illustrious career? Lustrous career? By stopping the car on track, getting out, stripping naked and then streaking back to the pit saying, I quit. And that's what he should do. <laughs> the end. I would love to see that. That'd be tremendous. Oh, it's happened before, hasn't it? I was just—it made me think about the way that some drivers have randomly quit before. Like they've just decided not to do it. Didn't? Because Louder quit. Was it like after first practice of a race? He then decided, "Is like, no, nope, think I'm done." And he literally did first practice one weekend, and then went, "No, nope, walked off, done." Yeah, and Hill did that as well, didn't he? He just kind of got out of the car and went, "I'm done." Yeah, I think there should be more of that. Didn't Jackie Stewart do something similar? He left after yeah. halfway through a season or something. Maybe after Severe died, that would probably do it. Um, yeah. Anyway, yes, I'm all in favour of it, but it should be really, really dramatic. Naked is only the start of it. <laughs> That's it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about Mike Elliott leaving Mercedes, their chief technical officer, um, who only became chief technical officer when he left his old role as technical director, and now he's left completely. So what's going on there? Don't know. We haven't got time to talk about it. 
and to Terry Saunders. We have a lot of time to talk about the fact I'm on holiday. I'm going back on my holiday now. We, we've talked about it. Shh. Here we have a bit. Enjoy it. We'll be back almost immediately to discuss the Sao Paulo Grand Prix, which is in Sao Paulo, but not officially in Brazil for some reason. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake, and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Teddy, where can people buy merch? F1s.com forward slash shop. Thanks for listening. I've been Ollie Peart. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Social Podcast Network. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit.